I'm Sid. And I'm Jess. And, and this, this is the, the Book Boyfriend Project. So, in today's episode, we are going to be discussing the Kitty Valentine series, and we kind of thought it would be fun, rather than doing like a review on the books or just like the series overall, to rank the men in the series. So, Jess, do you want to give them the lowdown on kind of the general gist of the series? Okay, so this book is a new well not book but this series is like a new concept from Jillian Dodd Mm -hmm. obviously she's been one of my favorite authors since I was like 14 I love her so much so this series has nine books in it and it follows the dating trials and tribulations of Kitty Valentine she is a romance author that you know has had very fortunate luck within the publishing world She was hooked up with a publisher almost right out of college when she had her first book written, and when they published her first book, it was almost an instant New York Times bestseller, Mm -hmm. and then she has been very successful with all of her books published thus far, and she's had four number one hits on the New York Times bestseller list, and the rest of them have hit somewhere on the list. Mm -hmm. Um... Except for this very last one, before the first book starts, it was kind of like a flunk. It was, it just kind of plopped. So her publisher, her editor person, has her come in, and she's like, you know, the sweet romances aren't really selling, because that is what Kitty has been writing. She's been writing, like, very sweet, very chaste, very just loving, hopeless, romantic type romances. Mm-hmm. And so her editor is basically like, you need to write something steamier. The market wants more sex. They want more smut in their like books. And so Kitty just absolutely abhors this. She's like, that's like stripping. That's like the literary equivalent of stripping. <laughs> I want that on the shirt. <laughs> I do too. And guys, I'm not kidding. That's like almost a direct quote from the first novel. It mm-hmm. was... It had me hooked almost instantly. Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, you need to start writing on trend. And so basically Kitty's like, you know what? I can't handle this. She's like, okay, I'll figure it out. So she goes to the liquor store. She buys a bunch of, you know, vodka, rum, tequila, whatever. And she goes home and this girl is a straight up lightweight. She does <laughs> not drink very often. She takes like three or four shots of vodka and she is hammered she's out of her mind she starts trying to write a sex scene (laughs) and she like does it very badly and so she knows her next door neighbor has like a bunch of one night stands so she goes over and this is where we first meet matt and phoebe (laughs) yes they're our first kind of male character introduction Mm -hmm. and so matt is basically like this is ridiculous (laughs) and then I forgot, I think she, like, collapses, or she, like, pukes, or she does something. Oh, she pukes on his rug, and then passes out. <laughs> yes. And then she wakes up in the middle of the night, strips, and tries to, uh, sex him up, I think. <laughs> and so he, like, traps her in one of his, uh, traps her in, like, a burrito blanket thing, <sighs> and, you know, puts her in bed, and this is kind of their first meeting. This is mm-hmm. their first interaction. Yes. So she's very embarrassed the next day. And then she ends up going out to lunch with her best friend, Haley. Mm-hmm. And there, Haley shows her this, like, Wheel of Fortune spinny wheel thing that has all of the different kind of male lead tropes that are popular within the publishing genre. So Haley has been very close with her since, you know, their freshman year of college and her editor, she kind of called the editor because she couldn't get a hold of Kitty, and the editor explained the situation, and that's why she's 
coming to this lunch with this kind of spinny wheel thing already made up. Which I love that that was her solution because that is like a me and you solution. It really is. <laughs> I adore this wheel so much. So the wheel has a bunch of different tropes like billionaire, doctor, rock star, you know, just all of the different male leads that are popular mm-hmm. in this book. And so then the next, well, the next eight books go through and have you, her, well, you have Kitty dating a different male lead, a different male trope. Mm-hmm. And I was very skeptical of this because I was like, well, I like happily ever afters. Like, I don't want to read, like, eight failed relationships. I don't want to read, like, a bunch of failing relationships. Like, mm-hmm. that's not going, like, that's not going to be fun. Yeah, that's and, that's how I feel about it, too, because you read the books first, and you were telling me about them, like, I'm intrigued, but also, like, I don't I, want her to be heartbroken at the end of everyone, but I feel like Julian Dad did this in such a way that I don't feel like... Mm-hmm. The relationships were a waste of time because Kitty grew in some way or... Yes, Kitty, I mean, like, she got a fantastic book out of everyone, but... Yeah, she grew, she learned more about herself and more about what she wants out of relationships. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was very much just the way that a young woman is supposed to grow and how they're supposed to kind of find their perfect man and their perfect relationship because each failure led to her learning something else she couldn't accept or didn't want within a relationship Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's the true story behind all of these is the growth that one gets from having all of these different heartbreaks and Mm -hmm. such and it kind of shows that even if there isn't a happily ever after or a man that's making you happy at the end of each novel there's still gain to be had from a relationship no matter how it ends Mm -hmm. and i think that's a really healthy realistic perspective that maybe we don't always get in like the romance genre yeah Mm -hmm. so let's talk about our well what we're going to do is we are going to talk about each man Mm -hmm. individually first throughout the books and then we are we are going to give you our ratings throughout each one and how they kind of ranked on ours and then rediscuss exactly why they got those rankings at the end. Mm-hmm. So I will start with our first book. Okay. The billionaire trope is what she first chooses. And so she ends up going with Blake Marlin, which is the media mogul that owns her publishing company. So she's kind of getting a two for one special on the billionaire and the boss. Mm-hmm one and so Blake is very realistic he figures out what she's dating him for right away and then they kind of have this business contracty kind of relationship and he takes her out and shows her what it would be like to date a billionaire and throughout this they kind of start liking each other um I don't know I was like I liked Blake, but also it was very much, like, I didn't see, like, the sparks or, like, the real relationship within with Blake because, Mm -hmm. like, he did know why she was dating him and everything, and the way that he was just so caught up in work because he's a workaholic, he took her to, like, a very popular Broadway show. I'm crossing my fingers and hoping this was supposed to be, like, a like a Hamilton Hamilton reference although it's never said <laughs> I really wanted it to be like a they went to see Hamilton we're just going to thing. assume it was because we both love Hamilton so mm-hmm. that's kind of where we went with that mm-hmm. um and then he like takes her to meet his mom and 
his sister because they're big fans of kitties and their relationship really devolves just because like Blake is a workaholic and she doesn't want someone who's always putting her second mm-hmm. in the relationship and Which is so totally valid. I mean I wouldn't either but I don't yeah. know I wasn't very heartbroken at the end of this book. No. Like, I was more annoyed with Blake than anything. I was like, really? Yeah. I feel like, I know I definitely ranked Blake higher than you did. Just, I feel like I ranked him a little bit higher because I felt like if he had changed, if he had been willing to change, I felt like I could have seen a future where they were happy together. See, but the thing is, I could have seen a future where they were happy together in every single one of these books. Like, every single- Oh, some of them, they were just straight up garbage. Every single man, when you first meet them and you first, like, start to talk to them, I could have seen a future with every single one of them. Some of them didn't have any redeeming qualities once you got to know them better and, you know, like, they obviously wouldn't have happened. But, like, I don't know, Blake- he he's number six on my list Mm -hmm. he's number two on mine yeah he's number six on mine and I was just like you know he if he like could change but I feel like having that stressful of a job and managing as much as he does he could never truly put her first possibly and I feel like a relationship with a man like him would only work if you were okay with being second to the job or you had a job that was almost equally as important, so... I mean, but she did. She really time-consuming. Her writing career. I don't know. I feel like, in my mind, I could see them being together, balancing <clears throat> their careers, and being okay with things being a little bit... Like, Blake being pulled in the other direction, because Kitty also had such a demanding career. But yeah. no, it's a different... De- demanding in a different way. It's demanding in a different way, and I feel like... I don't know. The man that she ends up with has, like, a better way to balance it. So oh, I'll definitely. Just, I'll just wait to, like, make that point yeah. until the end. Yeah. Um. Okay, <clears throat> so book two is the doctor trope. And so in this book, she ends up dating Jake Becker. He's an ER doctor. And th- the biggest thing I remember about him is that he has, like, very muscly arms. And he has two huskies. And the two huskies <laughs> sold me. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, um, let's see, Jake is third on her list, guys, and I'm pretty sure it's only because of the Huskies. I hate him, he is number eight on my list, and Sid, you win- I just feel like he was so sweet. You forgot their meet cute, and I'm gonna need you to go back and No, I remembered it. I just didn't know if we were sharing it. I didn't oh, know we're sharing. Book. Okay. We're sharing the meet cue. So the meet cue is here. Kitty's like, okay, I need to meet a doctor. So like she's brainstorming how to meet a doctor. She goes on like these awful dates from this dating app where she met some doctors and they're like just totally horrible. And so one day. Coming back from one of those dates. Yes. She runs into Matt and Matt's dog Phoebe on the stairs in her apartment building. And Phoebe's so excited to see her. She knocks her down. And I think she like hurts her ankle or her knee. Mm-hmm. or something along those lines she hurts her ankle because matt had a hold of her leash but when phoebe saw kitty, kitty she like pulled so hard that he dropped the leash and then the leash kind of like wrapped around kitty's ankle or whatever Ooh. and pulled her down the stairs ouch and so she sprained her ankle yeah so of course they had to go to the emergency room and that is where she meets jake um i don't know i just remember him being like really down to earth and funny and i feel like he I don't know, I just liked his, like, whole philosophy of life where he's like, you know what, like, this is what I want to do, and I'm really prioritizing, like, balance in my life. Mm-hmm. See, I really liked him until we met the ex-girlfriend. Oh, yeah. And then he was just, like, very hung up on the ex-girlfriend, and a lot of things went down that I was just like, no, you're a horrible human. Um, That's probably because, like, I've had the experience where my, like, you know, like 
boyfriend whatever is hung up on an ex and it was just like bad memories yeah i haven't had that experience so i feel i was more i was not lenient at all yeah i was more sympathetic (laughs) to that because um it's revealed in the book that like his ex and him broke up and then she like disappeared for eight months so there was really no time for him to not like reconcile those feelings but like he had closure or whatever yeah Yeah. so like i was a little bit more sympathetic towards that but i also see why you weren't yeah Okay, so the third trope is the rock star trope, and so she ends up dating Dustin Grant. Yes, Dustin Grant, and it he is supposed to be, like, I think he was, like, the lead singer in, like, a boy band when she was in, like, junior high or something, mm-hmm. and he is attempting to make a comeback solo career, and one of Haley's, because she is a lawyer and she works at this, like, lawyer firm, one of her, like, peoples knows his, like, agent, and so they get tickets to one of his new shows, and she goes there, and she meets Dustin, and it's this, like, brilliant, like, thing, but, like, Dustin knows why she's dating him the entire time, and he, Mm -hmm. like, keeps trying to, like, do things, and he keeps trying to, like, sex her up, and I'm, like, like, he almost, like, they, he almost tries to have sex with her in an alleyway, which I was just, like, cringing, and I hated him so much in that They'd moment. They met, like, like twice not... before that. Yeah, that, that was, like, their second date, and then he, like, pushes her up against a dirty alleyway, like, thing, and I'm like, this is disgusting. Who, what are you doing? Like, no. And I hated him instantly. Yeah, we both hate him, spoiler alert. He's number nine on both of our lists. Yeah. Because, like, he just gets progressively worse. He, like, the entire book, he's just ridiculously worse, and then... Like, he ends up doing, like, a bunch of crap in the last book that we'll get to later on. But <laughs> he basically thinks that, like, he should get, like, some promotional value from her writing a book on the based on the experiences that she has while dating him. Mm-hmm. So that, like, doesn't work out. No. It's ridiculous. Yeah. We don't. We hate him. We hate him so much. Okay, so book number four is the firefighter trope. And the main male lead in here's name is Bryce. So, Bryce and Kitty have a weird history. Bryce was, like, Kitty's middle school... Bully. Bully. Which I've never... I don't think I've ever read a book where, like, that's a thing. Have you read a book like that? There's actually an entire, like, subgenre that's called bully romances where Mm -hmm. it's, like... Not necessarily, like, the childhood bully come back to, like, try to redeem himself, but where, like, bullying and everything is actually, like, a turn-on in the relationship, and I don't understand those books, and I can't actually get myself to, like, get through those books. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's, like, an entire, it's, like, an entire, like, sub-genre of, like, dark bully romances. Oh, I did not know that was a thing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But this one, like, once we got to know Bryce, like, I liked him more, but initially I was, like... How is this going to work? Because I, apparently I'm a very vengeful person because I feel like if anyone was like, I never had issues with bullies, but like if they were, if you wrong me, like you're on my shit list for life. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I really like did not understand like the premise of this. I didn't know how this was going to work. Just like Sid didn't. Mm -hmm. So basically they meet at a, um, a charity ball that her grandmother Oh, is in charge of yeah because it's like a charity like, oh it's auction an auction yeah for the auction one. one of the humane societies and he it's like firefighters they're being auctioned off so her grandmother pays for the first date and so it's just this great thing oh and her grandmother is like super super wealthy <gasps> we love her we love her so much i love i love grandmother mm-hmm. and kitty actually calls her grandmother which is just great yeah it's, um, it very much reminds me of like the princess diaries yes 
like exactly that relationship. the vibe that I was getting, and I definitely, definitely thought of Julie Andrews as I was looking at Gunmother. Yeah. So basically, they're at this charity ball, and Kitty is just like, "Okay, I'm gonna get a firefighter. This is gonna fulfill my trope. This is how I'm gonna write my next book." And when she sees that, like the one that her grandma's like, "I think you should bid on him." That one. So of course, she's been waiting this whole time for him, and she realizes it's Bryce. She's like. No. no 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 but afterwards he like comes up to her and he's like i'm so sorry for how i treated you like i was the worst like i'm still i had a lot of stuff to work through i went to military school blah 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 mm-hmm. and so she's like fine we'll go to dinner you're gonna answer my questions about my book and then we're done and yeah. so of course they go to dinner and it goes well and he starts to like woo her and he was such a good i don't know like he had a lot of internal issues not like internal issues but like he had, he had like, some... a lot of self-guilt issues over his yeah. childhood and such. And so, because he's a firefighter, we learn that he takes almost unnecessary risks to help save other people in order to, like, make up for his past wrongdoings because he doesn't feel like he's as worthy of love or life as everyone else is. Mm-hmm. And that becomes, like, a big contention because she's like, I can't date someone that is constantly not, like, making their life a priority. No, that would be... And coming home to me a priority. No, that would be horrifying. It would be horrifying, and I definitely could not put up with that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why they end up breaking up. But I loved Bryce, and Mm -hmm. as we talk about him, I kind of want to move him up further on my list. Mm -hmm. What do you have? have I have him at five, so I would probably switch him to four, just because, like... I feel like I could knock down the fourth one. Yeah, I put him at five. I put him at four on my list. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the next book, book five, is the actor trope. And our main man in here's name is Raph. Raphael, whatever you want to call him. Mm -hmm. I totally imagined him as the guy from Jane the Virgin. Yeah. (laughs) Justin Baldoni. I imagined him as Justin Baldoni, but like less muscular and like a few inches shorter. But like with the same face, I can he see just that. wasn't as like buff or yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I okay. So they like meet him or Kitty meets him because she actually like asks her fans. This is the one where like her publishers like you need to do more social media stuff, and so she like asks her fans like, "Hey, do you know any actors? Because <laughs> I'm and, writing my next book about one." Yeah. And at first, she receives like a lot of dick pics, which is gross. <laughs> Also, like, how do you, how does asking for help to find, like, an actor that she can, like, talk to and, like, get some insight on translate to an inbox full of dick pics? Like, porn star actors? Like, I don't understand that, like, I don't know either. connection at all. If you guys have any answers on that, or Jillian, if you're listening and want to give me an answer on that, like, please help. Please help me, because... I didn't understand that connection at all when I was reading this. Yeah. So, eventually, she finds a reader who's, like, part of this, like... I think she's part of, like, an improv group, right? Or something like that. It's, like, an improv or, like, actor group. But they don't... Like, they're very much amateur Mm -hmm. actors besides Roth. Mm -hmm. Um, So, she goes to this. She, like, watches their, like, improv-y, like, slightly put-together, like, trope... uh, Like, actor trope thing. Practice. And so she meets Roth, and they all go out to this, like, diner after, like, the practice or whatever, and her and Roth are, like, making googly eyes at each other, but, like, some of the other girls in the trope are getting jealous. So because jealous. obviously Roth's, like, banged all of them, which is just ridiculous, yeah. and I don't know. Um, yeah. So then Roth is, like, all cutesy and stuff, and 
they like have some dates she learns about what it takes to be like a good actor and like Mm -hmm. making sure you're keeping yourself hydrated not smoking Mm -hmm. like very much like doing exercises so you can stay very like limber and be in complete control of your body and just like your breath form and everything which some of the stuff that he was talking about and they like learned about the whole like actor thing I was almost expecting to learn in the Rockstar novel just because I don't feel like there's that big of a difference between what it would take to make sure you're completely in control of your body to perform as like a rock star as like as opposed to like performing as an actor Mm -hmm. and so I kind of just feel like it showed the difference and the dichotomy between like Dustin feeling like he's entitled to mm-hmm. like being able to come back because of, because of his previous teenage fame as opposed to like Raphael who's or Roth who's still like very much fighting for his like first like big fame opportunity. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I ranked Roth a little bit lower. He's number 7 for me. I feel like 4 through 7 are like slightly interchangeable for me because like I felt kind of meh about all of them, but I didn't hate them. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. I really liked Roth, except for his, like, arrogance, because he was very much, like, you need to push yourself harder. Mm-hmm. He's basically telling Kitty that she needs to push herself harder, and so she tries to, like, join a writer group just so she can, like, get more information and everything, because obviously, like, she had her first success very quickly, and so she doesn't, like, obviously, like, have very mm-hmm. much need to really, like, continue taking writing classes or bouncing her ideas off other writers and they basically like laugh her out of it because she joins like a just like a general writing group and they're all like poetry and non-fiction writers and they're like romance is such like a subcategory of writing and I'm like you it's like brat. a billion dollar industry <laughs> like you brat like what yeah and so now a second question for Jillian I'm so curious has this actually happened is this like a thing is this like drawing from real experience because if so I'm so sorry yeah that would be terrible and those people were trash yeah I didn't mind so much that Roth was like kind of pushing her because I, I feel didn't mind like that either but like it was just like very much like dude like stop like how he was, like, explaining how, like, if he, like, got a part or if he got an audition, his, like, relationship with a different actor or actress or whatever would kind of, like, fall apart because of the jealousy. That's kind yeah. of, like, the vibe that I was getting. Like, he was jealous of her success and the fact that she didn't really, like, work, quote-unquote, work for it. Mm. Like, that's the vibe I was getting and I didn't like that. I didn't get that vibe, but he, he just felt kind of, like, aloof to me. And mm-hmm. I was not into mm-hmm. that. But anyway, they end up breaking up because he gets an audition in L.A. and he gets the part and so he moves to L.A. But he, like, actually expected her to, like, pick up her life and move to L.A. Yeah, with just him. Yeah, not a fan of After, that. like, three weeks. And I was like, um, you guys aren't even technically exclusive. I'm going to need you to, like, back up, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't, we don't love him. No. So the next one is book six and it is The Best Man. Mm-hmm. This one is I felt like this one was kind of odd after like the first couple books it's just set up a little bit differently so Mm -hmm. obviously Kitty's going to a wedding Mm -hmm. to find the best man Mm -hmm. um and she's actually going to Haley's sister's wedding and they're having it at like this beautiful tropical resort I forgot where it was at like I don't remember but no so they are obviously spinning the wheel each at the beginning of each book to get these tropes and so with this one because they are going to the wedding there it's already like set in stone that this book is going to be taking place with the wedding before they do this like spinny thing um kitty thinks she's going to be taking like a week-long break because the wedding is for Haley's sister and Mm -hmm. then 
she actually, like, gets, like, the trope spinny wheel thing out, and she has changed every, like, spinny <laughs> thing on the wheel oh, to I best man. That one. <laughs> I just wanted to, like, add that in. Like, Haley totally set this up and wants to hook up, um... Kitty with the best man. Kitty with Kellen, which is the best man's name. Yes. So, this one, I don't know. Kellen, at first, is kind of a jerk. I forgot why he's kind of a jerk at first. Oh, he's kind of a jerk at first because he was supposed to have a girl there with him for the wedding. And he, like, paid for her ticket and everything. Paid for her, like, the all-inclusive resort that they're at. And then, at the last minute, she's like, actually, no thanks. And so... Kitty, like, overhears him, like, yelling and at her, like, this and everything, and so she gets very annoyed, and she's like, yeah, could you take that in a different room, please? <laughs> and so they get, like, very annoyed with each other, and then mm-hmm. they basically get off on the wrong foot, because yeah. he's, like, yelling at this girl and being a jerk, but mm-hmm. also, like, he kind of has a valid reason. He does, yeah. So then, of course, like, as the days go by, I feel like, I'm trying to remember exactly, like, when they started getting closer. Um, Haley's sister, Kylie, has, like, this crazy itinerary set out for the entire wedding party because they're there for the whole week to enjoy Mm -hmm. the island and like just hang out together and oh my god if i am like this when i'm planning my wedding shoot me i'm gonna smack you upside the head please do i'm just gonna smack you upside the head and be like um no please (laughs) we are not doing this i'm not getting up at 8 a.m this is not happening no 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 no. if we go away for the week for my wedding we are sitting our butts on the beach with a book and a Mm -hmm. cocktail yeah that's all that i want okay so the part where they start to get closer is they are supposed to go up on this, like, cliff to go sightseeing or something, and Kitty doesn't realize that she is afraid of heights on this, like, cliff, and so she starts freaking out on this bus ride up there, and that's when Kellen kind of, like, is very sweet, and he, like, holds her hand, he, like, stays on the bus to comfort her, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, very sweet, and I it's I adorable. love Kellen. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Kellen is number two on my list. Yeah. I love Kellen. He's adorable. I hate the way it ends, but, like... The ending is, like, a big deal-breaker for me. It's a very big deal-breaker for me, and I could not deal with it. Some of these, I kind of just, like, ignored why they ended up breaking up, and Kellen is definitely one of those. Yeah. Um, Like, he was perfect on paper because he was so sweet. He was so attentive. At one point in the book, Kitty has an allergic reaction to something that she ate during the rehearsal dinner, and he, like, takes her back to her room, and, like, she slathers herself in oatmeal because, like... And he, like goes to the kitchen on this resort and he basically like threatens them to get this oatmeal for her at mm-hmm. like 10 o'clock at night mm-hmm. and I'm just like my knight in shining armor like yeah. I loved Kellen after that moment I'm just like you're freaking perfect please like why isn't this the last book I was very much like um mm-hmm. can we just keep him yeah I know that's how I felt too and so of course they have this wonderful time at the wedding and at the resort and they make plans to get together once they go back to New York and then uh, Kitty doesn't hear from him for, like, a week or something like that. And she actually discovers that he's been in the hospital because he was beat up by a loan shark. Because he mm-hmm. has a horrible gambling addiction. And at one point in the book, he tries to pin his gambling addiction on the groom who's actually getting married. Who's, like, Haley's... His best friend. Yeah. And that's where I have issues. Like, it would be one thing... If he was saying, like, oh, I have a friend, but the fact that he pinned it on Haley's soon-to-be brother-in-law, and, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That just really rubbed me the wrong way. Like, it I can up. understand not wanting to, like, come out and say, hey, I have a gambling addiction, because, like, you don't know how people are going to react. I'm sure mm-hmm. he's had people react negatively in the past, but also, mm-hmm. like, you're just ruining Zach's reputation. I feel like 
I really didn't like the way that he did that, but also I feel like he did that because he could see her reaction to someone that he she knew, and, like, it was more like she knew him, she knew, like, who he was, and she knew, like, his character and everything, and she was, like, kind of, like, attached because, like, obviously it's her best friend's soon-to-be brother-in-law, so she feels, like, a connection to him and everything, and so it's, like, finding out this shocking piece of information and how is she going to react at this, like, shocking secret. Yeah. So I feel like I just he pinning it on Zach was the closest to being able to say, hey, it's me. Yeah. I just feel like he could have ruined the wedding by doing that. He could have, but also if she'd went to Haley or if she'd went to, like, the sister or anyone, they would have told her, like, hey, it's actually him. Yeah. Like, not Haley. Haley would have gone to her sister and been like, ah! Yeah. And then the sister would have been like, uh, no, it's actually Kellen. Yeah. I don't so know. I feel like she couldn't have technically ruined the wedding. I don't know. It just really, really ruined Plus, it was the after way. the wedding. Oh, was it? was it? during the speeches after oh, okay. the wedding. I forgot when it was. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. That just rubbed me the wrong way. But he was a good character overall. He just had a serious gambling addiction. Yes. So the next book is about. Um, Paxton Cleary, a cowboy. So the Clearys are technically the... Um, they're like oil tycoons. Yes, they're oil tycoons in Texas. So they are technically in town for like a merger like problem thing or whatever in New York. And they meet at this like charity thing that her mo- uh, grandmother is throwing. And, you know, Paxton and kind of just like asks her out. And they have this like fun time. And... Like, he's, like, super, like, charming and stuff, but also, like, his dad keeps interrupting them. And so he, you can tell, like, there's some, like, familial issues. Mm-hmm. And then, like, she goes and spends, like, a week at his, like, place in Texas, which I'm just, like, to be able and just, like, pack up and just go wherever you want for the week. Like, that just sounds, like, Literally heaven to me. Like, just, like, oh, you have, like, you don't have to get time off work. You don't have to do anything. It just sounds perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we, like, obviously her dad, his dad, like, completely ignores Kitty. And then, you know, Paxton ends up getting married. And it's like, oh. But and, like, not telling Kitty, like. No. So she, basically how it plays out, Paxton's dad has a heart attack or something like that. And he's literally on his deathbed. Kitty's worried sick because she can't get a hold of Paxton. She's like, oh my gosh, you must be, like freaking out right now I want to be there to comfort you and she's literally about to get on a plane and overnight like a red eye that's ridiculously expensive because she bought the ticket the day before and just before she leaves she finds out that he's married this daughter of another royal tycoon Mm -hmm. and he like marries her it's not like a love match or anything he just marries her to like complete the merger that they were in New York to talk about Mm -hmm. and basically to like settle the stocks and everything because Paxton's dad does die or whatever. Yeah. And so it's basically, like, a news thing to settle the stock market on their, like, company stocks or whatever. And it's just very crappy, and I hate Paxton. He's number seven. Yeah. He's my Um, number eight. Yeah. Because I hate him so much. I don't know. Like, I could... I feel like I could probably switch him and Jake, but also, like, I just hate Paxton so much. Here's the difference between Paxton and Jake for me, at least from, like, your perspectives of, like, they were both hung up. Well, Jake was hung up on someone else. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jake was unconsciously hung up on someone else or subconsciously hung up on someone else while Paxton knew that, like, he was more than likely going to have to marry this other woman. And, like, he was, the way that he was talking to Kitty and he was almost leading her to believe that, like, 
we could have a future together. Like, when she came to visit him, he was like, this could be our life. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I hate them both, but I feel like I hate them both equally. If that's for different reasons. I hate Paxton way more. I just want to punch him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the next book is book eight, and this is the hockey player trope, and our main character here is Luke. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What, what, what? No, 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 no. So, guys, in book seven... Okay, we've kind of mentioned Matt. He's, like, her next-door neighbor, and they have this, like, budding, like, friendship throughout all of the books. They, like, argue, and they fight, and they're, like, so different. And so in book seven, Matt kisses her and tells her of his feelings for her. And we scream. And we (laughs) scream so much. So, like, now, like... Matt is also in the running, but he's not necessarily, like, a trope boy. Yeah, he's a real yeah. boy. <laughs> he's a real, real boy. Yeah. And, um, so, like, she's, like, uh, like, what? She, so, like, she basically has this, like, during the headlights moment, she's, like, you can't like me. We fight all the time. Like, we're not good together. Like, we wouldn't work out together. And so that's why we have, like, another book in between, like, these, because obviously Matt's, like, her happily ever after, and that's why he's at the top of Sid and I's list. Obviously. Matt is so. the best. We'll, we'll rave about him in a minute. Yeah. Um, First, we gotta get through the hockey player. Back to the hockey player. So, the main character is Luke, and Luke and Kitty actually meet through Matt. So, it's revealed that Matt used to play hockey in college, and so he has a lot of connection in, like, the hockey world still. And so, he basically takes her to his old teams, or, like, I don't know, something about his, like, his old hockey friends. I think, like, he was playing, I think maybe they all played, like, half of them played together in, like, college, because I think they're, like, a minor league team. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe that I was getting. And so I feel like he maybe did the minor league, like, for a year or something after he graduated from college, Mm -hmm. and then he was like, yeah, dude, no. Like, I need a real job. (laughs) I'm a real human being, and I'm a real adult and stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how Luke and Kitty meet, and it's, this one was interesting because normally I'm not really into the sports romances. Like, I'll do, like, a couple a year, but, like, they're not usually my jam. I like them a lot, guys. (laughs) So, for me, this was an interesting read because, like, Kitty was really immersed into this world where, like, all the players' girlfriends, like, come to their practices and watch and, like, the game and the pressure of, like, watching that person you love out on the ice and, like, their hopes and dream are pinned on this hockey puck and mm-hmm. I don't know it was interesting um I, l- I don't think I could date a professional like no <laughs> sports player simply because like I don't like sports enough to like watch them all the time absolutely not no um so yeah, they had like a they had a cute little relationship they had a really cute relationship Luke is actually number three on my list he's I he's number five on mine but like he's he could be four five six or seven they're all kind of interchangeable yeah so he's number three on mine um I really liked him and just, like, the way that he acted and the way that he, again, like, the passion that he had for his sport really was just, like, that, like, you have a passion for something. You both are very interested in your passions and your careers and everything. I hated the fact that she was dating one of Matt's friends. Like, that Mm -hmm. just made me so sad. That was bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Ugh. I did not like that part. This was, like, I felt like this was the part where they were, like, trying to get back at each other. 
So they basically end it because Luke is like, I don't think we'll work out. And mm-hmm. Kitty's like, yeah, I don't think so either. Mm-hmm. And Luke's like, yeah, like, I want someone who can be completely dedicated to the game and be, like, my hockey wife or whatever. Mm-hmm. And obviously you can't do that because you have a wonderful career that you also are very, like, entwined with and such. Mm-hmm. I feel like their breakup was pretty amicable. It was very amicable. And I think that's why he's at, like, number three because, like, they both recognized mm-hmm. I mean, that, there's like, nothing wrong with that there's like, nothing wrong like there wasn't really anything wrong with him mm-hmm. it was just they didn't want the same things for their future and it, it was a very mature breakup and i mm-hmm. loved it i loved it too. i was a big fan mm-hmm. okay so the final book, book, book nine okay so Haley, i don't know if she jokingly put it on the spinner or not but there's been this hot santa trope on the spinner for mm-hmm. like the entire time so oh, so basically the end of book eight. So, mm-hmm. technically, throughout this entire book, there's been grandmother and then her butler. And oh, so they Peter. end up... Yeah. They end up together. And so the end of book eight is technically their wedding. And Matt and Kitty get together at this wedding. They kiss. They go home. They have sex. They do whatever. They get together. And so book nine is, like, the best epilogue. <laughs> it's like an epilogue book you've been seeing this relationship kind of like blossom as a friendship and just them like having these like moments of attraction and everything throughout all of the eight books and then they get together in the last book and so book nine is basically an epilogue it's so good like obviously they're still dating they're still figuring things out and everything but it's basically an epilogue. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for the moment where they were, like, they would break up or something because of, like... I was, too. I was just, like, waiting for it because, like, she ends up doing, like, interviews and everything. But they never break up. He's amazing. They stay together. It's basically an epilogue. There's none of that, like... Tumultuousness. Tumultuousness. There's none of that, like, freak out, like, we can't actually be together. Like, they're over all of that. And it's, like, the perfect epilogue book of them, like, joining their lives together mm. and building a future together. And I'm just, like... It's so great. Oh. I almost... I don't really want to say anything else about this one no. because, like, I don't want to ruin it for you guys. Yeah, that's all we're telling you about this one because yes. it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the title of this book is Kitty Valentine Dates a Hot... Like, a Dates a Santa. Mm-hmm. And so, like... Matt is a Santa. Matt's... He dresses up as Santa. Matt dresses up as Santa. It's so cute. And (laughs) Haley, like, rigs the spinner again, and it's adorable, and I love it. Mm -hmm. And I almost wish that we had, like, read these far enough in advance that when the Santa one was released on December 21st, we could have read it and have it, had it as, like, a speedy review for 12 speedies of review. It wasn't really a Christmas book. It really wasn't, It was just, like, a book where Christmas was happening. Yeah, so, I don't know. I just loved it so, so so very, so very much. Yeah. I Um, feel like we should go some more details about Matt, though. mm. Obviously, he's our number one. Mm -hmm. So, Matt lives across the hall from her in her apartment. Mm -hmm. He has a wonderful little golden retriever named Phoebe. We love Mm -hmm. her. If we could rank her as number one, we would, because Mm -hmm. she's the best girl. Yes. And Matt is, like, a... He is, like, a finance stockbroker person, so he kind of handles different people's portfolios, and so he gets to work from home, and he gets up really early to check the stock market, and then he goes for a run, slash takes Phoebe for a walk, Mm -hmm. and then he comes home, you know, eats breakfast and everything. So the reason that I said earlier that the whole, like, work-life balance thing with, like, um, like... Blake wouldn't really work out is because 
like, he has to go to the office, he has to do all of these things, and Taurus, I feel like the work-life balance works much better for Kitty and, um, Matt, because they both work from home, Mm -hmm. they both can have, like, their set, like, schedules or whatever and do their thing, but then they can also be like, okay, well, we want to go do something, and they both kind of have the freedom working from home to kind of pack up and go, like, to Texas or whatever, they both can do that, Mm -hmm. and they can both... I feel like that was, like... Just, like, a, have those things. I feel like as a CEO, you could make that work if you wanted it to, though. I just feel like, like, didn't make the choice to make it work. I feel like I've read a lot of CEO books, mm-hmm. and a lot of the time they can't really make that work because they have to be, like, hands-on, and they have to be the one in the meetings with the people, mm-hmm. and they can't really That's designate true. that to anyone else. So and I never want to be a CEO. <laughs> no, that is far too much effort and work. Yeah. Not happening. Not for me. Um, but yeah, I see, I see what you mean now, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't yeah. know, we just love Matt, he is very snarky, he like, doesn't take Kitty's crap. <laughs> no, but like, guys, you have to read these novels, even though we've given some spoilers and such. They're so in good! This, they're just like, so good, and actually reading them and going through, like, all of the different, like, relationships and all of the different things that you learn, you love them, and- you can't really, like, obviously, if you really wanted to, you could probably just read, like, the last book and be, like, aw, super oh cute gosh. love story. It's not as gratifying if you But don't. it's not as gratifying because you haven't, like, seen their relationship blossom. You haven't seen, like, the kind of evolution of Kitty. You haven't seen her friendship with Haley. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen Haley get, like, her happily ever after. You haven't seen her grandmother get her happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And it's just very much like a character evolution for all of these characters. And I love the way Jillian does this so, so beautifully. Mm-hmm. And these are really short books, you guys. I think they were, what, like two hour, two I to three hour reads? They're about 200 pages each. So depending on the distractions, how fast you read, I was reading them about three hours mm-hmm. at a time simply because like I was reading these sometimes at work, so I get interrupted a lot, and I was reading them, you know, kind of back to back to back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're like they're like good. Um, that's slightly terrifying. Um, I'll tell you a second. Um, yeah, they're really good books. They're kind of addicting because, like, when I start one, I just want to, like, sit there and finish it. A, because it's so short, and I know mm-hmm. I can't finish it, but, like, mm-hmm. also because they're really good and I really enjoyed them. But mm-hmm. I think that's going to wrap up our ranking. Jess, do you have anything else to add? Nope, except that, you know, like, after I got through the third book with Dustin and that whole, how horrible he was, I think that's when I kind of kicked my reading into high gear because I just wanted to get to the last book and see her and Matt together. Yeah. Yeah, this is a series that, like, almost maybe put on, like, reader blinders, because, like, normally I have, well, I still have an audiobook going, but, like, normally I have at least two books going. I have a book book that I, like, sit down and physically read, and then I have, like, an audiobook that I listen to while I'm trying to sleep, doing things around the house, you know. Mm-hmm. But, like, this one I just almost wanted to, like, lock in and just sit and read all of these in, like, mm-hmm. three days. Yeah. It took me a couple weeks, but, like, I got it there. Mm-hmm. Yep, but I think that's going to be it. Our individual rankings will be included in the blog post that will be kind of companion to this episode. Mm -hmm. Definitely be sure to check that out if you want to be able to compare our, like, things. And I hope you guys are definitely subscribing on your favorite podcasting platform and definitely checking out all of our socials. As always, they are linked in the description. And thank you guys so very much for listening.